Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. It's kind of dark. Ooh, not on me. Let's make it more lights on them. Okay. How is everyone today? We have gotten back into the full swing. School's back in session. Parents, can I get an amen? Yeah. Um, so it, I, I would not give an amen to that because school has been crazy for me um, at my new school. But uh, I'm excited. You guys are probably excited. You know, you can, the, you can feel the, the chill of fall in the air, right? Because football season's right around the corner. School's back in full swing. I want to say good morning. I, I have invited a few of my friends from my school. I'm part of the admin team at Alapria High School. And I invited them to either come or watch this morning, so I want to say hi to them, especially Kristen. So I don't know if I'm looking at that camera or this one, but Kristen, thank you for watching. Um, so we're going to continue in our Ephesians study today. We've been going through the book of Ephesians for uh, several weeks now, and we're on into the last chapter, into chapter 6. Um, so I'm excited. I actually asked Sean if I could preach this one specifically because it's very tangible. It's very much a rubber meets the road kind of section of scripture. And so if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. We're going to look at Rome, or Romans, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Okay, so let's go ahead and we'll start with this. Uh, the first one, Ephesians 6, 1 and 2 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Can I get an Amen. <laughs> Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And the promise is that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. So in the Ten Commandments, this was the first one that came with an addition to it that said not only just do this, but it said do this, and this is the benefit you'll get from it. It will go well with you and you will have long life on earth. Can I get anyone in here, I mean, no matter how old you are, you're still a kid of someone, uh, raise your hand if you feel like your parents gave you some advice that did help make your life better. Yes, I would think that's hopefully most, hopefully everybody, but still, most of you for sure. Uh, my dad always gave me the advice uh, not to worry. That was a real big mantra with him. He taught me not to worry a lot. Um, he always said, you know, he had, he, I don't know where he got his data because Wikipedia didn't exist back then, but he'd be like, 90% of things we worry about never come to fruition and and all this. And, and so now, as an adult, I run into problems because there are times when I probably should be a little more worried than I actually am. But I've, I've, absor- I've absorbed what my dad taught me when I was a kid. Um, my dad used to say things to me, too, like, I brought you into this world, and I'll take you out. And I'll make another one just like you. So I don't know that he's referencing this verse, to have a long life on earth. But, you know, we know that if we abide by our parents' instructions, our parents do want good for us. They're not going to give us things that put us in danger or hurt us. So I don't think that's what Paul meant. Um, But I started to think about, like, the word obey, because it's it's an important word. Obviously, it's the crux of this section. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to advise you, get your pen, get your paper out, because I did, like, about a 20-hour word study. Um, word studies when you go and you analyze the words, you look at all the different Greek and the Hebrew and all the different things behind it to try to understand the word as best as you can. So you might want to write this down. I got a good definition for you for obey. Do what you're told. It's <laughs> really all I could come up with. There was all kinds of different words like comply, 
follow the command, <laughs> those sort of things. So, kids, my kids sit over here. Do what you're told. They always do, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so if you're like me, uh, you probably tell your kids to do a lot of things. So when we say do what you're told, we have lots of different things that we tell them to do. Let's go ahead and pop those up here. Such as finish your homework. Don't make me turn this car around. Throw, throw your trash away. That's a big one in our house. We have a lot of problems. You should see the inside of my car. I would invite you, actually, this morning, when service is done, I'm parked over here on the side. I've got a black scion. I would invite you. You guys will find it entertaining. Come look at how my car is basically a trash can on wheels. Just, you can't see the floor. Yeah, and they're all laughing because they know it's true. Um, clean your room. That's my son's favorite. Uh, stop making that sound. You guys know that. Yes, that's a, that's a classroom one, too, for sure. Pick up the dog poop. That's one that we have to go through. Take out the trash. And one of the best, wipe that smile off your face. <laughs> As if, you know, a kid's going to just suddenly stop smiling. It's funny because my kids do that. When they get in trouble with me, uh, it's not half the time, maybe a third of the time, my own children, when they are in trouble with me, they can't keep a straight face. That doesn't help the situation. Usually I'm like, are you kidding me? You're, now you're laughing? And it just, it, it seems to escalate for me. Um, so telling them to wipe the smile off their face sometimes doesn't get the job done. Um, <clears throat> so let's look at the next slide. Oh yeah, that's right. So this is, okay, my mistake, my mistake. So now, I was going to quit actually and I had a good joke and everything, and I put it wrong on my notes. I was going to ask the band to come up and just say, that's it, everybody. Thank you for coming. Children, obey me. Um, but anyway, so verse 4 is really, though, it's, it's actually, I feel like, the stronger verse in this whole situation. So fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. So that is a burden for us. Not like a burden that is like heavy or we don't want, but it is a serious responsibility for us as parents. And honestly, it is the most important responsibility, I think, that we have. Um, doing this sort of stuff, trying to help our kids make right choices, trying to get them on the right path, is trying to raise them in that right way. Um, I put on my notes here, don't we all want to teach our kids to be upstanding citizens who contribute to their community and whose faith is rooted in God? I mean, that's what I want. As a, as a teacher, as an assistant principal now, what I want is to help my students at my school become positive contributors to our community. With my children, it's the same thing, but on top of that, I want them to actually have a strong, rooted faith in God. I have limits at school. I can't go around just telling them about Jesus, so I have to figure out ways that I can kind of make my faith known. But in this setting and in every other setting, I want to make sure that I'm trying to help people's faith be as rooted and in touch with God as possible. So to sum up parents, or sum up kids, do what your parents tell you. Pretty easy verse, right? All right, so Sean and I, Sean did want me to keep covering it. He didn't ask me, he didn't let me stop at just the kids thing, so we're going to keep going. So, oops, I've gotten my notes mixed up, actually. I'm sorry. Um, Joey, I got you messed up up there because I'm, I think I realized yesterday, my son kept asking me to go to D-Bats when I was trying to put my notes, fin finishing touches, and we did make it to D-Bats, did we not? Um, but I got my notes a little out of order, so bear with me. 
Let's just go to the next slide. I think we should be on to exasperate. Here we go. So yes, exasperate. I knew what the word, I, I had an idea what the word meant, but I wanted to have like a solid definition. So exasperate, when I looked it up, it was to irritate and frustrate someone intensely. So I'm going to ask you to welcome to the stage my kids, Ellie, Gracie, and Joel. Come on up. Come on now, you got to stand in between these little black things here so you get on the, on the TV. Okay, come here. No, face down. There you go. There you go. All right. So this is Ellie, my oldest. This is Gracie, my tallest. And this is Joel, my only boy. All right. So now, I've told them that I was going to give them this chance. When it comes to exasperating your children, it's our job as parents, not just fathers, by the way, but parents... Do not exasperate your children. So I'm sure it's going to be really hard for you guys to come up with an idea of something that I do that really annoys you. But I did want to give them a chance. So as hard as it might be, maybe you can think of something that's small or simple. I have but one. You've got one? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, you make dad jokes that you think are funny when they're really not. Dad jokes. Can I, get, can I get a hand up for dad jokes? Okay. So, and this is a good time for me to bring this up. Um, I did not mean to say anything mean about Jake and his keyboard playing, but I figured that they might do that, so I brought a dad joke that I have up in my office normally, which is right there. And if you don't know what that is, that's a bad sign. <laughs> All right. Any, what else you got? Joel? Okay, Gracie, they were very excited to speak publicly today. All right, what else you got? Is there something that I do, anything that I do that annoys you? Uh, when we go out to restaurants and he tells a lie story of everything we've done to the waitress. <laughs> so I, I confess I am kind of like the progressive commercials when you become your parents. We were at, I don't know, was it Chili's, I think, or something, and I'm like, Hey, we just got done with my daughter's band concert. You should have heard her. She did great. Like I'm telling this, the server all that. And she's just all annoyed. Joel, what about you? You got anything that I do that annoys you? When you take out my clothes. Who picked that out? You. <laughs> yes. Okay, you guys can go ahead and sit. I won't make you stay up here any longer. So the fun thing about this plan this morning of bringing them up here was uh, my kids are very sweet, really. They didn't want to say mean things. They're like, oh, I wouldn't want someone to say mean things about me in front of others. They're like so kind. But in reality, like if you were with us when I first proposed this idea, there was no like hesitation. I was like, I want to have you guys come and say things I do. Not, oh, I could tell. Well, when you talk to the waiters at the re I mean, it's like, boom, they just started coming right out. The, they were much more gracious because we're up here in front of people. Um, <clears throat> so, like, this whole idea of fathers do not exasperate your children, I mean, obviously Paul is talking there with parents, um, but I think it kind of goes, it's the, it's the same idea, like, parents, it's our job to be the adults. We have these kids that God's entrusted to us, and our goal is to raise them up in the way they should go. God imp imparts on them that they should obey us, but we need to do everything we can to help them feel God's love and God's protection on them, not God's nagging like, clean your room and do what I tell you to do. Our job is to show them God's love. 
So we've got to obviously teach them right things to be fully good functional people in society, but our ultimate job is to show them the love of God. And that's what we need to do day in and day out. All right, now I've really gotten myself lost. I'm really not great with notes sometimes, I gotta admit. All right, oh I was, yeah, okay. So um, I do a few things that bug the kids. There's, there's a couple more that, they do, but, that I do, but they didn't wanna say them because they just were so kind. Um, so what I would say here, what my, my sum up for this section was, all of the first four verses are really speaking to parents and our goal. So even when it says children obey your parents, I still feel like that's a message for us. If, the ki- if God is telling my kids to listen to me, that's putting the responsibility on me. I can't be like, hey, get me another Pepsi. It's not like I thought my jo- like, oh, well, you obey me. You have to get me another Pepsi because I don't feel like getting up off the couch. Of course, my kids could be nice or whatever. But it's like God has asked us. He's asked them to obey. We need to, we need to give them a journey. We need to get them on the right path. He's asking us to teach them how to be children of God because that's what they are. To bring our kids up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So I wrote on my, here for myself because honestly, this, is, this was kind of an epiphany or a profound moment for myself as I was preparing that right now, there is nothing that I want more in this world and from my life than for those three kids who are just up here to completely fall in love with Jesus. There's nothing that I want more than that. So as much as I enjoy getting to preach, or as much as I enjoy my job where I'm working with students, as much as I enjoy watching baseball, none of that compares. It is all garbage, as Paul would say, to seeing my kids grow up in love with Jesus. My goals, hopes, and dreams, they're nothing compared to them knowing and loving God. All right, let's move on. We're going to look at the next few verses. And I think that should take us to verse 5. Are you with me, Joey? So we're going to go to verse 5 where this section moves to the um, slaves and masters. So we all know that in the first century, slavery was socially acceptable. Um, Today's culture, obviously, we don't, slavery in the United States, it's not okay. We we understand that slavery is not right. However, I do believe that the truths that are taught about in this section really can apply for us in this culture when it comes to employers and employees. I know it's not the same. Um, I even looked up bond servant because some of the some of the verses say bond servant, and I was like, "What does bond servant mean?" So I looked that up, and it is basically. It's, I could have done the same thing, I guess. It's basically a slave. It is someone that works for no pay. Um, so we're going to look at this as employees obey your bosses. So verse five starts with slaves obey your masters, or we could say em- employees obey your bosses. Um, I think it's a fair interpretation for us to go into here to understand that we're going to think about our bosses. Now, I have had in my life a lot of bosses. Maybe we can give a little example here. So these are all places that I've worked, and this is not an exhaustive list. Um, I built garage doors with Christensen garage doors. I was a cameraman for a TV station, KSN. Uh, several churches, a couple of high schools, some restaurants. I put the little farm picture up there for my farm story, you know, with the cow. And I was chasing that cow around. Uh, you might see Pizza Hut a few times. Uh, I've worked under all of those logos at Pizza Hut because that was like my favorite place to work because you got free pizza when you worked there. So I worked there in high school and college. Um, <clears throat> I've had a lot of bosses. So you're probably thinking to yourself, either 
my goodness, how many times has this guy been fired? Or how old is this guy? And the truth, I could tell you the answer to both of those would probably be higher than you might expect for both of those questions. Um, so let's look at these instructions that we have for employees, uh, continuing there with verse 5. Employees, obey your bosses with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart just as you would obey Christ. So our goal is to have this respectful, fearful understanding of the authorities that God has placed in our life. Elsewhere in scripture, it says that nobody has any authority over you except God gave it to them. So even if we are working for someone that may not be a God-fearing person, God has allowed them to have authority in your life, so we need to function with some respect and fear and some sincerity in our heart. Uh, it says, obey them not only when, to win their favor when their eyes on you, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. I chose to keep the word slaves in there because that's the difference there. I work for my boss, but I am a slave to Christ. I don't care what, there is no compensation because what Christ has done for me is well more than what I deserve. I am his, and so my work is done for him. I love the verses 7 and 8 too. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one of you for whatever good they do. So it seems like when I preach up here every time, I, I confess things to you. You know, like, let's recap some of my confessions. I stole Star Wars toy when I was 10. I stole a Bob's Big Boy statue at 18. Um, and then even with Jen, uh, I told you guys that story one time during prayer about how I was excited when she was coming back from Tonga. Uh, as soon as I went to my seat, she's like, you lied to everybody. Because we weren't dating yet. So apparently we weren't dating yet. So lots of confession comes out when I get up here. Um, and so I'm going to keep with tradition and I'm going to admit one more thing to you. I know what it's like to be a bad employee. I know what it's like to not have that respect and fear, sincerity of heart and so on. Um, there was a summer camp that Jen and I worked at in Southern California. Uh, it was in the summer of 1999. Um, <clears throat> And at the camp, we all got on the bus for a field trip. You know, this is one of those, like, Christian camps where there's, like, 50 kids, and we're taking them to Chuck E. Cheese for the day. And so I'm like, all right. <laughs> so we load up the bus, and we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. <clears throat> and on the drive over there, someone tells me, as the only male chaperone, it's my job to stand in the bathroom the whole time in case any kids need to go to the boys' bathroom. So, like, for two hours at Chuck E. Cheese, I'm supposed to be standing in, like, the threshold of the Chuck E. Cheese boys' bathroom. That seems creepy <laughs> and gross and not like something I was going to do. And so I remember as we're going over there, like, the assistant manager of the summer camp or whatever, she's like, well, this is what, I don't know, we'll call her Karen. No offense if your name's Karen. <laughs> If, you're, if your name's Karen, I apologize. That's not my, I didn't start that trend. But we'll say that Karen, the manager, says, you're supposed to stand in the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not standing in the bathroom for two hours. No way. And she's like, well, that's what you have to do. The boss said so. And I'm, well, I'm not doing it. And so I'm like, if she wants to stand in the bathroom, she could come stand in the bathroom. I think I said something along those lines. Or she, doesn't, she never listens to anything I suggest anyway. Something, something very respectful and sincere of heart. Um, and so then we go to Chuck E. Cheese. 
we survive, we get back to camp. Jen and I both get off work that day, I think like at five, and they say, hey, uh, could you just swing by Karen's office at the end of the day? Don't you all know what that means? But they asked me and Jen both. So I'm like, well, what does this mean? All it meant was they're firing me, and they decided to go ahead and fire her too because she's my fiance at the time. And they just thought, it'd be too awkward to have Jen there. We'll just fire you both. Here's your paychecks. Thanks for coming. Uh, that was on Jen's birthday. <laughs> and it was three months to the day from our wedding. <laughs> we both got fired. All because I was a sincere, or I lacked the sincerity and the right heart for my job. If I'd have had that servant attitude, as much as it would have sucked to stand in a Chuck E. Cheese bathroom, if that's what was needed, that's what a servant would do, and it's what I should have done. Um, <clears throat> so I know what it's like to be a bad, bad employee. Our work should be a service to the Lord. Um, verses 6, 7, and 8, like I talked about, doing, uh, doing the will of God from your heart as if you were serving the Lord. Um, I had an, my own separate, like, moment of revelation maybe eight, nine years ago now at school when I was a disgruntled teacher and I didn't like the way things were going. And I would have been the kind of person to find all the problems but never bring the solutions because that's the boss's job. I'll bring you the problem, but you find a way to solve it. Um, so I was that kind of person, but at one point it hit me. I had a teacher or an assistant principal, I mean, actually tell me, you choose your attitude when you come to work. Now, if you're in a bad attitude, you know that doesn't help you at the moment, right? You understand all that does is make you mad. <laughs> so, but this is what my assistant principal said. She's like, you choose your attitude when you come to work. So I went home, and I let that sink in. And I honestly came up with the idea in my mind that if I am only willing to do extra stuff at school, if I get paid for that extra stuff or some sort of recognition for that, then I'm no better than anybody else. I am just average. Everybody wants to get paid. If, if your limits are well, what's my stipend? Or am I going to get some comp time? Or what am I going to get for this? What am I, what's in it for me? If that's my attitude at work, then I don't have a servant attitude, and I'm not going to be the kind of employee that really shines. And I would ask you, what kind of employee do you want to be at your job? I've had it in my, in my teaching career. I've had different times where people really recognize that I've got like a servant attitude. I try to, I try to have that... Um, the new Amsterdam show, the guy that's always like, how can I help? I try to be that guy, like when I, whenever a teacher calls me, what can I do to help? And some people notice it, but I've had other seasons where people are like, oh, you're a Christian? I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, that kills me. So I need to do everything I can to make sure that I, I not just project, but I have, and it's, it's visible to everybody that I have that servant heart. I want to help my employees, my employer, so let's look at the underlined words real quick. Respect, fear, sincerity of heart. These are deep phrases. These are not just like, I'm a wordsmith, so even though I was like a film and TV teacher, I do really get into words. Um, Jen used to get annoyed with me because I like instrumental music sometimes. And I would sometimes tell her that, you know, words just contaminate the songs uh, because I like the music. However, words really can strike your heart, and some of these are powerful. Sincerity of heart, that's deep. I mean, it's not just like obey your boss because it's what you should do. Obey him with a sincere heart. Obey her with a sincere heart. Doing the will of God from your heart. 
Have you ever been in a position where you've been assigned to do a task that seems very menial and you've actually been able to remember this verse and think, I'm doing this for the Lord? That's happened to me a couple of times where I've had like really sucky things to do. But then I remind myself, this is for God. This is not for these kids that are right here. This is for God. And I do this as a service for him. Um, As an employee, wouldn't you want God to think you're extraordinary? Wouldn't you want God to look at you? So forget about the, the, them and like looking at like your bosses, you know, in front of their eyes. Wouldn't you want God to see you in your job and think you are extraordinary? That is, that's my boy. Uh, Ellie, Ellie was thinking about saying one of the phrases up here. Um, she also gets embarrassed when I yell out, that's my girl at her volleyball games. But I've done it for Ellie. I've done it for Gracie, Joel, I've, that's my boy, obviously. Uh, my nieces, they play volleyball and softball, and I've been out there, I'm all, that's my niece! And they hear it too. It embarrasses them, but there is this genuine sense of pride. When I see them have a great play, I'm, I, I can't help it. That's my boy, you know, I'm yelling. Um, wouldn't we want God to have that attitude about you? When he sees what you're doing at your work, and he's like, that's my kid, that's mine. Doing that, that's my kid. That's what I want. Hopefully I'm getting that from him at times. Let's look at uh, the next slide, I think. Yeah. Maybe we should think of ourselves as servants. It's hard to think of ourselves. I mean, the, the original word we know in this scripture is talking about slaves, and we don't think of ourselves as slaves to our employers, but maybe we should think of ourselves as servants to our employers. Hard to, hard to really swallow that pill, kind of. But I think it's, it's valuable. If we were actually had that servant's attitude as employees, it would change our work entirely. All right, so let's look at the last verse and see what it says to employers and bosses. Employers, treat your employees the same way. And I put here, as was in the last verse, with sincerity of heart. Do not threaten or exasperate, which seems fair to me. Do not threaten them uh, since you know that He who is both their master and yours is in heaven. There is no favoritism with him. So when I was, when I lived in California, I would sometimes meet celebrities. I mean, that's funny, as I went to college in Missouri, and so everyone's all like, oh, do you see celebrities? Because you're from California. No, it's not like you're just walking, not like I go into Target and all of a sudden there's Bono. Um, I'm, I'm... I'm living a normal life like everybody else, but if you go down to Hollywood or into L.A. and stuff, you will sometimes have a chance to run into celebrities. Um, I'm not like a big, you know, like, ooh, I can't believe I saw this person, but it is kind of interesting to see someone you've seen on TV. Um, One time I snuck into the Emmys. I'll tell you that story in another sermon. Um, So I've, I've seen celebrities, and I've been like right next to them sometimes, and pro athletes, you know, like at spring training and stuff. And it's interesting because in our society, we have favoritism. We, like, if, uh, give me a good Dodger, Trey Turner. Trey Turner was standing here. I know, I apologize, Diamondbacks fans, to bring up a Dodger. Um, (laughs) But if Trey Turner was standing here, I know that some of the Dodger fans would be like, not at all caring what I had to say because they'd be wanting to come meet Trey Turner. 
And the truth is, there are celebrities in your life that you would, that all of us would be like, oh, I'd really love to meet that person or talk to this person. But when it comes to the Lord, God just sees us all as the exact same thing. None of us are any better or different than the other. God's not like really hoping that Bono makes it into heaven. He's, God's looking at him and he's judging him in the same way that he's judging me. Do I place my faith in Jesus? If my faith is in Jesus, I'm his child. And that's all of us. And we're all required then to show his love to other people. There is no favoritism. So if you're a boss, it does, we should not as an employer, oh, so for me as an assistant principal, I try to be the assistant principal that doesn't make teachers feel nervous and scared. I made the mistake last week when I saw a teacher and I said, hey, can you come talk to me later? And they're like, oh, shoot, okay. And then they, because they were on their way to do something. And then I was like, no, 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 it's okay. I just had a question about something. Because I don't want them to be afraid. Uh, my first, when one of my former jobs, the principal her first week did the same thing to me. Can you come see me this afternoon? So for like three hours, I was scared to death. Um, but there are bosses, and you guys have worked for them before, that they are kind of domineering. They don't care what your thoughts are. They don't care what you have to contribute, maybe even. Those are still bosses that sometimes God has put in our lives, and we have to treat them with that sincerity of heart. But if you have that opportunity, if God has blessed you with the responsibility of being a leader of others, I like the book, Leaders Eat Last. You got to put other people first. Like I legitimately, you guys can tell, I like to eat. We, were at, we had a staff thing at Alafria uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were providing lunch for us every day, and I was starving. That school starts early. It's like 7 o'clock in the morning, we're all at school. And so I'm like, I'm hungry for lunch by like 10.30. But we get lunch, and then all the staff's coming in, and I just stand back. And I'm like, I greet them, I try to get them, hey, come on in, yeah, let's come on in, have a good lunch. I'm waiting for that line to get shorter so that I can get mine. So, I mean, it's like that's obviously the, the genuine, true leaders eat last. But it's like we have to have that attitude. If God's blessed you with leadership over others, you've got to put others first. There really is no other kind of leadership that equals servant leadership. So I guess everybody in the room should be a servant, right? Employer, employee, parents, kids, we all need to have that servant heart. So, like, um, can you pop up the slide? And, Ben, you go ahead and come on up here for a moment. The, the, oh, yes, our position here doesn't matter at all with God. That's what I was talking about with the whole idea of, of him not having favoritism. But the actual main slide, I think it's the last one that I had up there. If not, it'll be the first slide. Yes, so the book of Ephesians, finding your true identity. I would hope that you can find your true identity is that of a servant. And that is a hard position to take. No one, no one is, is lining up to be servants, but we should be. Everybody in this room should be, because if God is, is the, the Lord of our hearts, we should be doing that. We have to remember that our position here doesn't matter. We need to pray that we can be servants. God, I do pray that for the church here this morning. Everybody that's in here that can hear anything that I'm saying or hear me online, God, I pray that they would understand that our call, our expectation that you have put on us as our master is that we be servants to everyone we come in contact with. Lord, help us to put others first at every turn, in every moment of every day. Help us to always just put those around us before ourselves. God, I pray your rich blessing on the people in here this morning. I, I think about, there's gotta be people in here I know that have really rough positions in their work. 
God, I pray that you would provide some relief. Lord, I pray that you would be that like release valve for them to get that pressure that they may be holding in, in and dealing with out. Lord, I know how lucky I am to have the team that I get to work on, but I've worked on some bad teams, God, and I pray that you bless the people in this church. God, if there are people that are hurting in their relationships with their children, God, I pray that you would mend those relationships. Bring the kids home, Lord. I pray that the children, that their hearts would be turned back to you like your scripture says, that as we seek to have servant hearts as parents, that our kids' hearts would be turned back to us. And that we would be holy, Lord, a holy people that is out in this world trying to change the world for you. I pray your blessing on everyone listening this morning, God, and I pray it in the name of our precious Savior, Jesus. Amen.